What's going on, y'all? This is Tori Smith back for another episode of Trending Thoughts. Championship weekend version. Have Adam Vasquez on it from her pod to talk about ball. And also have a special guest analyst, TJ Smith, in the building. What's going on, TJ? Nothing. How you doing, Adam? Good, good. Good good weekend of football. Thanks for having me back. It's yeah, a good time. Appreciate you coming on, man. I had a great time last week talking ball with you and no, last week it was a little more personal for you being that we were talking about the Eagles and some of their challenges, but this week I'm glad not more... to be talking about them. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot more personal for me this weekend with the Ravens taking a loss mm. and being a fan now and cheering for them as well as the Eagles. I cheer for all the teams I played for, and uh, it was tough. It was tough to watch it, seeing all that momentum just kind of just die, and it just reminds you what it's like to be in that moment. But also, you know, beyond that, we also are coming off of Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Um, I actually had the opportunity to go down to Baltimore City. And I was in a, a, a march, Stop the Violence, Violence March, celebrate Martin Luther King Day. They signed a peace treaty. So many moms there who had lost their children to violence. Uh, the We Are Us movement was there, supporting families, giving out food, giving out resources, whatever you need. And the We Are Us movement is a group of men in Baltimore City that walk every week, multiple days a week. So that's why it drives me crazy when people say people aren't trying to do anything about the violence and the shootings that are happening in Baltimore City. I see it with my own two eyes. You know, the men from the We Are Us movement go out each and every week, giving our resources, meeting people on the corners, talking, intervening, doing whatever they can to help this city, and they don't get enough credit. So, you know, not all heroes wear capes, and not all heroes are on TV. So I encourage everyone to look into the We Are Us movement, especially if you're in Baltimore City, and learn more about how you could be involved. And sometimes your involvement is just your presence. And that's something that I, I'm a part of. I walked it. I uh, used to walk every Monday, but now my schedule shifted, so I can't do it as much. But I'm looking forward to being out and finding a day where it sticks, especially when we get out of COVID, man. But uh, overall, we had a great time. TJ had a nice lesson from his mom uh, with MLK. He wasn't able to make it out to the walk because it was too cold. But why is Martin Luther King Jr. important, TJ? Martin Luther King Jr. is important because, you know, he he's the only re- he's basically the only reason that blacks that black people and white people can live together and black people can go to the same schools as white people and well, I'll tell you this this life is better way better than than uh, then back when Martin Luther King Jr. was alive. Yeah, it's way better. And it's not just about Martin Luther King. It's about everyone else um, that helped fight and do what they can for us to be on this podcast together, literally. You know, um, you're talking about something that, what, we're talking about 60 years ago, uh, this wouldn't be happening. So it's pretty special what Martin Luther King fought for and so many other people. And uh, we're thankful for the progress that was made and the work that is to be done. Which we have to do our part, right? Yeah. We have to do our part. But let's get back to the ball, man. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's a fun weekend. <laughs> I mean, not for you guys. Sorry, I didn't mean it. It, it, was, yeah, it was a tough, tough weekend tough in weekend. Baltimore, man. Tough, you know, walking tough. around yeah. seeing people. It was a tough weekend in Baltimore. Walking around the house dealing with this cat. You know, what do you think <laughs> about the Ravens' loss? Uh, I think it was actually... The Ravens should not be grateful for that. Next time they face the Bills, we Justin Tucker has to kick it up a notch. The Ravens offense <laughs> can start 
can stop throwing picks that aren't supposed to be happening. So what are you, what are some positives? What are some positives? <laughs> positives. <laughs> what are some positives from the season? Well, at least they scored. At least they scored a field goal. That's the bright side. At least they scored a field goal. What about for the season overall? Well, the season overall, the Ravens did good. They made it to the playoffs, and I know they lost in the playoffs game, but I'm still rooting for them. There you go. That's right. Don't switch sides. Don't switch sides like you did on the Eagles. That's right, TJ. We're going to talk more about that. Here's a real question. Here's a real question, TJ. I saw you on your dad post a picture of you wearing a helmet, lucky helmet, and I think the Ravens were doing okay when that was going on. But then at some point you went to bed and things went downhill. Is it your dad's fault the Ravens lost because he made you go to bed? <laughs> Thank you. No, I think the Ravens no. just weren't playing well. Okay. That's what I'm talking answer. about. <laughs> uh, man, it was a tough game you know we talk about the Baltimore Ravens when arguably the hottest team in the NFL coming into it they were building the offense was getting better uh, the defense was, had been on fire it was getting healthy at the right time and if you would have told me that the Ravens would have scored 17 points and lost the game I'd have been like yeah right there's no way especially against the, a prolific offense like the Buffalo Bills and it happened you know you have to give the Buffalo Bills their credit um, Stephon Diggs, a baller, another hundred yard game. So shout out to Lil Bro. It hurts watching him do well versus the Ravens because I'm like, dang, Diggs, there you go, good route, boy, good catch. And I'm like, hey, you hurt my boys, man. But uh, you know, Diggs is a hell of a player, and he's been the best trade all year for any team. You know what he's meant to that team has been special, and I, for one, am not surprised by his success. Josh Allen, I'm not surprised by his success. And what he's been able to accomplish this year. I mean, he was in the MVP conversation for me. And what he's meant to Buffalo. You know, I, I didn't think it would have happened so quick, you know, in the first three years for him to make it to this level. But he's a real deal. And, you know, the Buffalo Bills are some real contenders. Yeah, and drastic in the three years, right? Like two two years ago, if people compared Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, you know, you get looked at pretty funny. And, and uh, this year, Allen throwing – you know, pretty close to 70% completion percentage leading his team to the conference championship. All, all great things. I'm, I mean, we're going to get to talk more about them, I'm sure over time, but where do the Ravens go from here? Like they're at, you know, it's a, it's a unique spot they're at. And um, obviously they've got some years left with Lamar, but they've got to put pieces around him. Like where do you see them going um, from, from this point? Yeah, I think it's, it has to be all about the pass game. You know, that, that, was the biggest weakness on the team this year. Um, just the consistency in the pass game. You have to be able to win games where your flow is off. You know, they're, The Baltimore Ravens are at their best when they're balanced, when they're able to run the ball, and they're able to really dominate people running the ball. But in the pass game, that opens everything up with play action and Hollywood getting downfield or Boykin or whoever. They need some consistency. So when it's done, and that falls on Lamar as well, you know, to be able to execute at a high level when they have to just drop back and pass the ball. You know, mm -hmm. ideally, the way they play, you know, they put teams in positions where they don't have to consistently do that, which is why they're successful. But you want to be able to have that balance. Um, and they have the balance overall as a team, but you want to be able to have the ability that when it isn't going your way and you aren't balanced, that you can go out there and beat a team just flat out throwing down the field. And that was, again, a weakness last in that last game, you know, the Buffalo Bills did a great job overall versus the run, even though they still gave up well over 100 yards. You know, the passing game wasn't able to execute the way it was. And that interception at the end, um, mm. that pick six, 
you know, kind of was the, the dagger in a way. Killed a lot of momentum. You know, in this game, you score one touchdown, it can go in your favor a lot of times. But when you kill momentum, it's tough. And so in the playoffs, you know, your mistakes hurt you. We saw a couple of bad snaps. We saw, uh, you know, the, the pick six. You know, you saw penalties. Like, those things hurt you. You know, you can't have self-inflicted wounds and expect to win the game. Right. And, and be down to your fourth-string quarterback. I mean, he, he did a nice job, but obviously – um, once Lamar went out, it, it, it became super tough. So aside from the Ravens game, we had the three other games, the Packers game, not much to say. Aaron Donald seemed hurt. Um, Packers are moving on, you know, kind of, kind of straightforward, but then Sunday we had, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sunday we had two really strong and great games, honestly, probably two of my favorite games so far this playoffs. Um, the, obviously the goats going at it, breeze and, and Brady, and and that Chiefs game coming down to the wire like it did, you know, as Breeze potentially takes his last snap in the league. What do you think as you put yourself in that position yourself, having to walk away from the game? Uh, what do you feel for him? You know, it's tough to watch Drew Breeze go out like that, man. You know, he's been one of the best players to ever lace him up. And he I remember watching him as a teenager. You know, think about that. I remember watching him as a teenager and I played a full eight years in the NFL and my man still beat me. So mm. that just tells you the greatness and what he's been able to accomplish over his career. Um, but, you know, watching him battle through those injuries, the ribs, you know, and the offense wasn't what it was. You know, he wasn't his typical self where he's able to attack down the field. You know, that offense wasn't a threat past 15 yards consistently. And it showed the way teams played him. They didn't respect it the same, which isn't something that you see typically out of a Drew Brees-led team. So it was tough to watch, you know, one of the goats go down like that. It's almost like when you watch a heavyweight fighter, that's almost like, man, just hang it up. Don't fight that last fight. You know, that's right, kind of right. how it felt. But, you know, a lot of that was due to injury. Um, but I have a lot of respect for Drew Brees, what he's been able to do uh, on the field, what he's meant to the city of New Orleans off of the field. And I'm sure his impact and his family's impact is just going to continue to grow because, you know, he's a special human being and he's done some great things. Right. And then on the flip side of the ball, Tom, obviously it wasn't maybe his most prolific game, but um, that Bucks offense seems to really be congealing around what he does best and that defense, letting that defense shine and then just taking advantage when people make mistakes, uh, which is what he's always been the best at. Yeah, you know, the, the difference between the first two games that the Saints won and the championship game was that, Turnovers. Tom Brady protected the ball. Tom Brady did a great job on offense with balance. And obviously that defense has been flying around. So Tom Brady's always going to get a lot of credit. Right. But and especially in the playoffs, Tom Brady knows what it takes. He's you know he's going to come ready to go. But that defense has been flying around, and you can't tell me that his impact and his presence isn't felt. You know, you talk to anyone who's been around him. Shoot, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, guys who are just the definition of greatness. If it comes off on everyone. And you know right now everyone in that locker room is looking at Tom because that's why they brought him in. Hmm. They brought Tom Brady in to be playing in the NFC Championship game to go to the Super Bowl. They didn't bring him in just for <laughs> to mess around and just have a great season or for leadership. Like, no. They brought him in to win and to help change the, this, this organization, this trajectory. And it's paying off right now. You know, you're going to see two more goats go at it. Next week, and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, who I tell people all the time, Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback in terms of what he accomplished, when Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback to ever play this game. And to watch him go out there and, and sling the block and see what Tom Brady's going to do. Typically, when you think about that game looking ahead, and I shouldn't look too far ahead, 
is that when you think about a warm weather team like Tampa going to Green Bay, you're like, all right, you wanted to be freezing cold. They're not going to be able to handle it. Well, Tom Brady played in New England, so that's not an issue. with that. Yeah, yep. you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a fun to watch them boys go at it next week. Speaking of NFC championships, TJ, I got a trivia question for you. You ready? Okay. Yeah. Okay. If you had to guess, who has more NFC championship appearances since 1997? Tom Brady, NFC championship. He's only been on that side one time. Tom Brady or the Dallas Cowboys? <laughs> oh, that's petty. Uh, it's Tom, I TJ. I know. TJ, it's Tom. I'm going to say. What you, you know, I got to get the Cowboys. Well, they're not actually not playing that good this season. Yeah, the Cowboys. <laughs> no, <are>. they're not. <laughs> <laughs> what season have they played good? Um, I think they played good last season. They haven't played good since you've been alive. But anyways, let's go <laughs> to the next one. <laughs> they haven't been. They haven't like, been good since you've been alive, man. Let's let's go. Now, nah, gotta uh, get my. <laughs> you gotta get your dig in stuff. at the at the yeah, Cowboys, yeah, yeah, man, yeah, for sure. Um, but on the other side, NFC, obviously. So that that's set. Um, I'm sure we'll talk more about that. But then on the AFC, just in, I mean, all the way down to the wire. It looks like the Chiefs have the game. Uh, the the Cle- the Browns have that kind of freak fumble stretching out for the touchback. And mm. uh, you know, Chiefs have it. Which control. was a fumble, but, by the way. Which was a fumble. Which was a fumble. <laughs> but then the Browns have come roaring back. Baker's at the controls. Like it, it feels for a second like they're going to break the curse and everything. And uh, Andy on fourth down goes with anything is possible. I mean, just an absolute gutsy call. Would you, you know, first of all, did you, Tony Romo was completely convinced they weren't going to snap the ball there. Did you agree with him? What did you think was going to happen? I agreed with them. I'm right there with them. They're not snapping the ball. They're not snapping the ball. There's no way. Why would you rush it? You have a timeout. There's no way. And they were ready. You know, it just goes to show how much trust that Andy Reid has in his players to execute in that situation. Not only, though, to pass it on fourth and inches, like, that's a big deal. You know, you think quarterback sneak. You think Mm -hmm. anything. They went and they ran sprint right option and threw the ball to the flats, which and he actually was short initially the way the ball went. And then he went and got the ball. That's nothing but trust. You know, that goes to show a coach that's not afraid. Um, He plays to win the game. And everyone feeds off of that. You know, as a player, it's clear when your coach goes and you know your coach is, is going to leave it all out on the field. And that's for the people on the outside to criticize when it doesn't go right. But when mm-hmm. it goes right, you have to celebrate it because if you're going to be aggressive, be aggressive at all times. You know, you'd rather go home swinging than to go home because you were afraid because that momentum was swinging. Cleveland mm-hmm. had all of the momentum going into that. You're talking about Chad Henny-things possible running for, what, 14 yards? 13, 14 yeah. yards. I mean, I'm surprised he didn't tear his hamstring. He was chilling all day. <laughs> you know, he had no intentions on playing that game. You know, and that's right. probably the biggest two plays of his career easily. You know, and he's had a heck of a career so far. So, I um, mean, we watch guys go at it. You know, that just goes to show the value of having someone who's been there, having someone that's not afraid of the moment, and having a coach that trusts. Like, we forget, this was the backup quarterback. Mm. He's a backup quarterback that's played. He's a backup quarterback that had no intentions on playing this week. You know, he had just and, played. And the a- previous <laughs> drive, he had just thrown that kind of backbreaking pick to where you could understand if Andy got conservative, you know, like it, it didn't look too good. And so to have that try, I think it also had a lot to do with number 10, that he had a lot of faith in him too to, to make the right play. Uh, but that was yeah. awesome. That was such a great way it to, was, to it end It was that game. huge, man. And then 
I mean, we kind of skipped over the fact that, you know, Patrick Mahomes had a concussion. Mm. So, I mean, he's, he's out of the game. And you initially, you know, it looked bad when you see him stumble. And, you know, that's something that you think about all the time. TJ, what do you think about, you know, what was going to happen with the Chiefs when you saw Patrick Mahomes leave the game? Well, I think the, what was going to happen with the Chiefs is that I know the Chiefs, I know Patrick Mahomes was the best player on the Chiefs, but they still have Tyree Hill, Travis Kelsey. I think they would have a chance to lead their team to a victory. Okay, that's trust. They have DJ, a very trusted talented in the game. team. Trust in the mm-hmm. team. I love it. Next man up. <laughs> you know, hopefully Patrick Mahomes is all right. Um, seeing all signs of pointing to him being ready to go uh, next week. But with the concussion, you just never know. You know, mm-hmm. I, I've been – shoot, I've had three of them. And I had one playing basketball in high school. Literally had my first dunk in that game. Don't remember it. Uh, had a concussion. Um, my second year in the NFL, we played Denver at home. Hit my head on the turf. And then I had a bad one in San Francisco. Um, my sixth year in the league. And I was knocked out. Hit the back of my head. You know, so it's, it's dangerous. You know, I, I've never been hit and had a concussion. Like, hmm. Which is crazy. It, it all happened from the ground or, or an elbow in basketball. I, I pump faked, and then he jumped, and I went for the foul, and he hit me in the head. You know, so you got the foul. We, yeah, got the foul. Don't remember anything else. Yeah. I was at the free throw line. Don't remember nothing. But anyway, <laughs> you know, it's just crazy when you think about it because my concussion in San Francisco was so bad, man. Like, it made me respect what people go through when they say, you know, like they're dealing with issues from concussions because. I'm not saying I looked down on people or thought they were lying, but it's different when you're experiencing something, right? Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that's almost human nature in a lot of ways. And I was struggling. I don't remember anything from jumping up to catch the ball to being almost in my car, leaving the stadium. And they said I was crying, said I was all mm-hmm. emotional. I don't remember any of that. I mean, it's scary to even think about it. It's crazy. And, you know, even coming back and healing, it took me a few months, which is something that I, I had to get over. You know, I remember trying to rush back, trying to rush back. And I knew I wasn't right. And I literally had to humble myself and be like, man, you're not okay. Which is the toughest thing to do as a player. Up to that point, I had never missed a game in my career. This is in year six. Had the longest streak, you know, at my position in the league. And, you know, it was it was tough, you know. And I was like, man, I'm not right. And I could be jeopardizing not just, you know, my career, but my life down the line so you know i had to make the right decision and follow my body and no matter what i thought i still didn't pass the computer test so <laughs> no matter how i felt like i could go i still wouldn't have been able to go i couldn't pass the nfl you know their their protocol but you but, know, but you do think like so when you're in that so like in the denver situation not not when you like black out but when you have a concussion um and you're able to maybe stabilize after a few minutes. You feel like, all right, I'm good. I can I can go back. Like, because you saw Mahomes kind of jog off the field and things like that. In his head, is is he like, I'm I'm good. I can play again. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's the kind of concussion I had. You know, it was like uh, I got up. My leg was kicking a little bit. It was like a little. You know, I imagine it's what it looks like when you see a boxer get stunned, and the ref checks him ten, nine. You're like, all right, I'm good to go, right? And right, sometimes, right. sometimes they are good, sometimes they're not, right? Mm. But you just never know because every concussion is different. But the one thing that is dangerous, and you see it with boxers, is that if a person's dazed and then they go back too early and they get hit again, then it's worse. You know, and it's the same kind of thing whether you have that gap or not. If you rush back out there too quick, you're more likely to get another concussion. So that's why you have to be smart. 
You know, you can get hurt doing anything. When the game of football, you just have to make sure you're being smart because it can happen, right? I'm not a person that's afraid of concussions overall. I know it's a part of the game if you play it. But I told you, I got my first one from basketball. So <laughs> you can get right. it if you're playing and you're competing against someone. You Soccer players get concussions all the day on time, right? But uh, the thing I learned is just for more so, he's the one that's impacted uh, by more than anything else. I'm just more conscious. Like, I w- I'll, I'll wait a little while before I let him play. I want to be able to control his body. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to handle it because there's so many things that you can't control. Um, but, you know, just simply understanding posture and being safe is the number one way to avoid concussions because you can't avoid when somebody smokes you or when your head hits the ground. Right. So hopefully, you know, hopefully Patrick will be back. We don't know. Um, he's going through the protocol. I think coach Reed said, but let's assume he's playing this weekend championship weekend. Um, how do you see uh, the bills have been such a fun story, such a fun thing to watch this season, even as a non bills fan, just, just so hyped for that city. Um, how do you see them matching up? Like, can their defense hang with, with, Mahomes and, and the Chiefs, uh, or is this something where, you know, it's going to be an uphill climb for them? What do you think about the Chiefs offense versus the Bills this week? I think the Chiefs would be better because the Chiefs offense, I'm right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, even though even though Patrick Mahomes is out, you still got two people that he might be playing. Bet. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes might be playing, but you still do have two of the Two of the best, two of the best players on the team. So, so you sticking with the team thing? That's that's your thing. You're I like straight that. team guy. Think about. Yeah. I think the I think the Bills. Uh, this is the thing. You know, the Chiefs' offense hasn't been as prolific the last half of the season. Mm. You know, think about. it. I believe they've been all their a lot of their games have been within a score. You know, which is rare, but the reality of it is, you know, they can spark that wildfire of points. <laughs> the right, fireworks right. can go off at any moment. And so you're talking about a team that's been struggling consistently. I mean, look before Patrick went out the game. They weren't on fire by any means, right? And so when you go and you think about that, you're like, all right, the Bills stand a chance. But this is the issue. If the Bills don't just stay the course – it can get ugly quick. I think the biggest factor isn't so much the Chiefs, the Bills defense. It's the Bills offense. Can you keep the ball away? Can you actually run the ball to control the clock? You know, you don't want to continue to rely on your passing game to eat up the clock in terms of having possessed, positive possessions, catches, and stand, keep and moving the chains. You know, you want to be able to run to eat the clock up, which isn't something they've been consistent at over the year. Yeah, I mean, they don't, they don't really use the run game. I mean, to, to an extreme. Yeah, they at least know. last week. It'll but, be a game. They'll have a game sometimes where I mean, that way they may not even have twenty carries. So, I mean, right. a lot of a lot of coaches do that. They get too pass happy sometimes, and um, they just abandon the run. Now, I don't know if they don't have the belief in their offensive line, but I mean, I believe their leading rusher only had a, barely over a handful of touchdowns. So, uh, you know, that's that's not ideal in this league. But this season in particular, I think they were first in yards, fourth in scoring. So they found ways to manufacture some of that at least. Um, oh, they were throwing that thing. That's what it yeah. was. I mean, yeah. you thought Josh had games where he threw the ball 50, 40, 50 times. It's crazy. I mean, and he was hitting on big plays. So, I mean, they were scoring some points now. But, you know, it's it's we saw last week what it looks like when the weather changes. All of that stuff is pretty. 
you know, in September and October, you know, maybe even through the middle of November. But it can get real ugly in the playoffs, and they're playing in a city that can have some nasty weather. On the, the positive side is that they have a quarterback who can throw the ball in any weather. Yeah. As Cam Cameron would say, an all-weather quarterback, <laughs> meaning a guy that can play in any elements. Uh, they always like talk about quarterbacks have to have big hands. That's why people say it, because they can handle the conditions that are rough, cold, rainy, whatever it may be. You know, you're talking about two quarterbacks that have the ability to do that because of their natural arm talent. But, you know, the Bills are going to have to control the clock. You don't want to keep giving the ball back to them because the three and out uh, and giving the ball back to the Chiefs, again, that's like striking a match. Eventually that thing is going to light. So then flipping over from the young guns coming back to the NFC for a second, you talked a little bit about Tom being the GOAT, but but A-Rodge being the best. First of all, talk a little bit about what you mean by that. Yeah, I mean, when you talk about the GOAT, I think you talk about accomplishments. I think you talk about what their, their career overall. I, I use the same thing in basketball. I mean, Jordan is the greatest basketball player in terms of, like, what he's been able to accomplish, right? But the best player of all time is LeBron James. And it's not even close. And I'll die on that hill. <laughs> so, you know, when you talk about oh, that, no. it's, a, it's, a, it's, a major, it's a major argument. We're going to whole podcast like for that. <laughs> Jordan is the best. Who? That's right, Michael TJ. Jordan. TJ knows. This dude watches Space Jam one time and thinks he and thinks Michael Jordan. Wait till save save this conversation. Go to save this conversation for when Space Jam Two comes out, and then we'll see what he says after that. TJ, TJ, whenever he asks you about that, just say, "Show me the rings." That's all you got to say. What do you even mean by the rings? The championship. Championship. Rings. Uh, you talking about the last dance that I allowed you to watch? He had how many rings? <laughs> Six. But yeah, LeBron's the GOAT. He knows that. He has a LeBron jersey. Mm. Yeah, they do. And the Kevin and so, jersey. And the Steph Curry jersey. Mm, mm, mm. Anyway. <laughs> Back to the ball. <laughs> but that's a comparison you're making, right? You're saying uh, Rodgers in the same circumstances would, yeah. would have those types of yeah. Rodgers over there would probably have everything. To, I'm not going to say he would have had more. Because that's disrespectful to what Tom Brady accomplished. But what I am saying is Tom Brady and Green Bay in those conditions would not have accomplished what he accomplished in New England. But if you flip-flop them and Aaron Rodgers went to New England, Aaron Rodgers would have accomplished what Tom Brady accomplished and then some. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think what's crazy about what Tom's doing right this second is that he went from arguably the greatest team of all time, right? just completely flipped the script, went to a team that hasn't been in the playoffs or hasn't been significant in two decades, basically. And he's in the NFC championship again. And then, like he's oh well, in the championship round again. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas, and I'm not, but his team kind of flip flopped with, with Tampa Bay. The Patriots are, are sort of where the bucks have been. So, in that you regard, you giving him that LeBron, you giving him that LeBron. What, you, what it sounds like is you no, giving him LeBron no. treatment. Because when LeBron <laughs> no, leaves, Michael when George, LeBron leaves the Michael team, Jordan. they got to get the number one pick. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> They're picking true. in a lottery. So I, I think football. Is so football is different though. You know, Tampa Bay. Anyone watching the league last year knew that Tampa Bay was literally so, a solid quarterback play away from getting to the big show, and. Mm. You're seeing that, right? Because Tom Brady wasn't playing lights out earlier this year. You know, they had to win at the end to get to the playoffs. So right. we can't act like this was a 
uh, uh, on a tear there. They just made the playoffs. So, you know, when you think about that, it's like, all right, but right, if it is, you know, you have to be able to to get your ticket to get to the dance, and he was able to earn that, you know, and he's been playing better over the past few weeks than the offense has been playing over the past few weeks, which is what you want. You know, the most dangerous teams are the teams that get hot at the end of the season, you know, which is what Buffalo is. The Buffalo Bills that were hot at the end of the season. You know, the Buffalo Bills would have won every game if it wasn't for that uh, Hail Murray in Arizona. <laughs> you know, they were, they were on a tear, you know, um, the last half of the season. So, uh, Tom Brady, you know, and, and that team got hot at the right time as well. And that's what you want. And going up and playing Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay is going to be a very interesting matchup that I can't wait to watch. So, who's going who's gonna to come out of it in this particular matchup? Man, Green Bay looks good, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I Green, that Green Bay looks really good right now, and but this is the thing: it could be, it could go either way. But I just think the way Green Bay is executing their offense right now, I think they have the ability to pass on Tampa Bay's defense. You know, now they have to be disciplined, right? But I believe they have the ability. You know, and they the biggest difference is running the ball. That running game mm-hmm. has been major for Aaron Rodgers' success. You know, having that balance. You know, Aaron Rodgers hasn't had to throw the ball 40, 50 times a game to win. You know, they've right. been able to run. They've been ripping things off. What's that do when you're able to run the ball? It opens up the play action and so many other things that you can do. So, um, I think Green Bay is going to pull it off. What do you think? I think when uh, – I'm sure you've seen it, but that gif when Rodgers was, was reading the D and he had that little smirk, I think that's a yeah. bad sign for everybody else. This <laughs> <season>. <laughs> that's that's no good. What do you what think, do you think TJ? TJ? I think I'm looking up for the Chiefs. No, we're talking about yeah. the Packers um, and Tampa Bay. You're jumping all the way oh, to the yeah. Super Bowl. I'm looking up to, ch- to the Packers. Packers, what do you think about the Bills traveling well, think, to Kansas City? Yeah, I think the Bills would have a good chance traveling to Kansas City, but Kansas City will have a – well, it will be an equal game. Equal? Yes. Yeah, so you know how the Bills – What if Patrick Mahomes doesn't play? If Patrick Mahomes doesn't play, he, we should just trust the rest of the team. Oh, there he goes. <laughs> He's just trusting everybody out there. <laughs> My guy, the team guy. It's well, going to be fun to watch. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. I can't wait to see it. Um, before we get out of here, I got to ask you, last time we talked, you know, but there was pretty much every coaching job was available. And then yeah. now, fast forward a few days, and the Jets have made a hire, the, the Rams have made a hire. Um, the Jags have made a hire, uh, Falcons, I think. So just of those hires, uh, what did you think? Anything stick out notably to you uh, to between those guys, Robert, Salah, Arthur Smith, et cetera? And the number one thing to me is that Urban Meyer was able to come out of retirement and get a job before the hottest or a coach on the hottest offensive staff in the league in Kansas City was able to get one. Mm. Um, a guy that paid his dues, a guy that's been playing for a while, and Eric Bieniemy. So um, that's the thing that stood out to me the most. Um, I'm, I'm not trying to be a hater on any and every guy that got their job because it's hard to get that job in the NFL. But I think when you watch a guy who's been able to lead a prolific offense or be a part of a prolific offense for the past couple of years, get passed over again, you know, it continues to show that there's an issue with the hiring process because, you know, guys are considered protégés and they've accomplished a lot less. You know, to be able to fall from that Andy Reid tree is special. You know, we've seen so many coaches 
Think about this. They said in Andy Reid, the Andy Reid tree, which people are questioning Eric Bieniemy. I don't. I think they're not doing their research when they throw that out there. They're questioning his tree. Guess who else was under that tree? Ron Rivera, Washington football team, playoffs. John Harbaugh, Washington football team, playoffs. Raven, Ravens. Oh, excuse me. Yes, my <laughs> guys. I'm tripping. The Bills coach, playoffs. Yep. Yep. I mean, McDermott. And I, and I think I'm McDermott. I think I'm missing someone. Um, I believe he had four teams or four coaches that were under him. Uh, Nagy. Yep. Um, and the Bears were in the playoffs. It, it, they disappeared so quick, I forgot they were there. Um, you know, so he had four coaches that were right under him. Um, and and great men too. So you know, I think it's it sounds crazy to question that. Not but, to mention some you know, dudes that didn't. You know, maybe. Well, I mean, Doug's not in the playoffs, but won a Super Bowl under the Andy Tree. Todd Bowles, uh, DC for for Buccaneers under the Andy Tree. So yeah, I don't, I don't understand that. I I was curious. It sounds like some teams don't want to bring up any in particular have requested to interview Bienemy, um, but that hasn't gone anywhere. Do you, is that just a matter of it's the it's the championship round and we need to wait at, wait that out? I don't know. I'm not buying it because I was in San Francisco when everyone and their mom knew that Kyle Shanahan was had was going to the Super Bowl with the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> mm, I see. And he was still getting interviews, and it was just all of a sudden the 49ers haven't hired anybody. They're stretching along. They're in- interviewing this person, interviewing that person. All signs were pointing to Kyle Shanahan being the new coach of the San Francisco 49ers. Well, we don't hear those same rumors about the Eagles are stretching it out. You know, uh, got, wait, who's left? The Eagles? Houston. And Houston. Houston. Houston just threw them in, and they're on the verge of losing their star quarterback. So, I mean, it's a it's a dangerous situation to watch. But more so than anything, it just proves that, you know, there's an issue and there are challenges with the hiring process. And it's not necessarily the NFL's failure to not try to produce those opportunities, um, even though you see that when it comes to, uh, you know, staffing a lot of the times. The biggest issue is on the owners to try to, to make the next step. You know, it does you no good to have a process to try to change things and, and you don't really take it to the next step and go to the finish line. I mean, the Houston Texans literally hired a team, a committee, to help them pick their coach, their GM, and they didn't listen to the advice. <laughs> so, you know, that goes to show you did something just to say you did it. If you're going to do it your way, just do it. You know, there's one guy that does that in this league, Jerry Jones. Mm. He's going to do what he wants to do his way, and he's not going to care what you think. Now, he also has a, a strong reputation, and Dallas Cowboys fans are foolish and aren't going anywhere anyway. So, you know, it's a different situation. But as a whole, you know, people have to make bold decisions. And, you know, I just think it's it's a good thing and a bad thing. It's a good thing because it's very noticeable, but it's a bad thing because it still shouldn't be happening. Mm. All right, so before we take off, I know we talked about it a little bit. We need predictions going into the week. In the AFC Championship game, who are you taking? The Chiefs or the Bills? Um, oh, I think I take the Chiefs. The Chiefs? I have the Chiefs. Who do you have, Adam? I got the Chiefs. Yeah. Chiefs. Chiefs. All right. We we all agree on that. And hold what on, about Daddy? What? But do you know how the Washington football team beat the Steelers? Yep. And as the underdog. And the 
and the Chiefs are now way better than the Steelers. I actually think that the Bills have a chance of beating the Chiefs. Because the, the Chiefs weren't as good as the Steelers before. The, no, um, the Steelers just had a good record. <laughs> yeah. They weren't that good. Yeah, they, they had a good record. Yeah. There's a difference. You fall in love with the record sometimes. But we're going to have <laughs> the NFC Championship game. You have Tom Brady, the GOAT, and the Bucks versus Aaron Rodgers, the Boat. The, the boat? <laughs> Who do you have? He said the boat. <laughs> the best of all time. <laughs> Who do you have? Oh my god. Honestly, it's actually kind of hard to choose. The Packers or the Bucks? Three, Jackson. two, one. Packers. Packers. I'm rolling with the Packers. You think Packers? All right, I'll take the Bucks. We got to mix it up a little Ooh, bit here. We're going to see. We're going to see. We're going to see. Um, I'm doing that entirely. That's actually t- linked to the MJ LeBron Yo, debate we'll have later. Suck right now. Uh, listen, if Tom Brady does this, I may have to change. I might just have to mention that Aaron Rodgers is just an extremely talented player. And uh, <laughs> Tom Brady is that dude. But now nah, I like Tom Brady. I have a lot of respect for his game. Um, he's also really dope as a person you know he's arrogant and cocky like as a player but i tell you what a quick story before we get off here um chanel's aunt excuse me chanel's uncle he actually passed away your uncle mark uh passed away from cancer and so he ended up coming down to preakness and he was just in the grandstand and so i was at i had i was at an event with under armor and tom brady obviously was an under armor athlete and so i went to go and get uh to get him out the grandstand and bring him over there where i was and Tom Brady, you know, was chopping it up with him, talking to him. He had an opportunity to take a picture with him. Um, and he was just, he was just extremely gracious and nice to him, you know. And That's so to cool. watch him in that element, man, I had a lot of respect for him. And he actually ended up passing, you know, uh, what a year mm. or so later um, from cancer, man. So it's pretty crazy to to think about that. But you know, Tom Brady for sure uh, is good with me, even though we've had a lot of battles. All four of my years, I've been to the playoffs. Half of my career, <laughs> I played against Tom Brady all four times. So uh, I have a lot of respect for that cat. But the Packers are going to win. But yeah. y'all, <laughs> appreciate y'all checking out this episode. We'll get back to it. Catch you next week. Peace.